Welcome to Control Chaos, podcast for the flock, only for the flock. It is September 24th. It's a Thursday, feeling good on a Thursday. Today joining me is uh, my good friend Matt, who just became a co-host of the show. Let's give him a round of applause real quick. What it do, what it do. I'm happy to be a co-host here on Controlled Chaos with the flock. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm excited to get into this. We got plenty of good topics to talk about today. But before we get into that, let's introduce our uh, newest producer, Brandon Doerr. What's going on, guys? Yeah, he's feeling peachy today. We're feeling good. Also single. I'm camera shy. (laughs) All right, so right off the bat, let's talk about Texans-Ravens. Matt, you want to lead the way with uh, your thoughts after the game? I loved what I saw. The Ravens came out strong, and the best part is Mark Andrews only caught one ball, and we still blew them out by 10-plus points, all right? So if you picked the Ravens spread, congrats, you made a little bit of money. All right, the Ravens looking good so far. Everybody is getting some action. They're running the ball. The three-headed monster looks good. We have receivers catching the ball on the outside. We have tight ends catching the ball. Defense committing turnovers. I loved what I saw, Nick. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I feel like there's never like a perfect game. I felt like the Ravens could have played better on uh, some sides of the ball. I felt like at times we should have ran more. The Ravens should have ran more. Um, and, you know, Tavon Young's injury hurts. That's that's a bummer. I know everybody had high hopes he would come back uh, ready to go. And to see him go down in week two is a real bummer. Sounds like it's a torn ACL. Um, but it doesn't sound like he's necessarily done for the season. Sounds like, you know, he may come back later in the year. Who knows? He's had a history with injuries, but, you know, got to hope for the best. So um, to elaborate a little bit more on my thoughts on the game, I thought defense was outstanding. Um, The defensive touchdown we had, LJ Fort scooping that up, Marlon Humphrey forcing the fumble. Um, There was never a point in that game where I felt like the defense, or I mean, just as a team in general, that the Ravens were out of it or the Texans had the upper hand. Like, there was never a worry in that game. Um, And I hope it stays that way. Kansas City's going to be tough, but um, I think the Ravens played really well, even though I think they could have played better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can always nitpick after every game what goes on, but the fact is they came out with the win, and they came out with a comfortable win, so I think we can move on to the Chiefs on Monday night, which is going to be a fantastic game. The Ravens are actually a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, maybe three-and-a-half points. I believe they moved it up a point, yes. So that's interesting to see, uh, knowing that Lamar's never beat the Chiefs yet. And I, I think this is going to be great practice for the Ravens because if they do fall behind, that is definitely one area where I would love to see the Ravens improve is coming back from behind. And I think the way to beat the Chiefs, the Chargers almost did it Sunday, is time of possession. The less time Patrick Mahomes has the ball, that offense has the ball, uh, the better. They only put up, what, 23 with overtime? They had six going into the third quarter. I mean, that's that's insane. I'm watching the Ravens game and I'm like did Mahomes get hurt did like what happened so um if you guys remember the Colts last year beating the Chiefs in Kansas City with Jacoby Brissett nobody thought that would happen but 
the Colts won that game because they kept the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and that's the key for the Ravens. The Ravens, I think, you know, got to stick to what they do best, keep running the ball, and try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That's the recipe for success. Absolutely, and opinion. you know, uh, last year, if you remember the game, we did not establish our identity that at that time. I believe we had beaten the Cardinals, and we beat uh, the other team was, uh, was it the Dolphins, correct, the first game of the year? Week one was the Dolphins, week two was Arizona. Right, so we played the Chiefs coming in not knowing <laughs> what we had. We did not know we had a 14-2 and two team at that moment. We played a little bit of scared. You know, we were going for two at uh, times we didn't need to. We thought that we needed to put as many points as, on the board as possible. We weren't um, we, we weren't aware of our ability to drain the clock, milk it, run the ball right down the throat. All right, so you know now this year it's a lot different. That confidence is there in this team. It's going to be a very different game, that's for sure. Both teams are coming in undefeated. One team has to lose. Um, I, I have high hopes this year, much higher hopes than I did last year in this Ravens team being able to take on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, uh, now we clearly have an identity. The Ravens are probably the best defense in football right now. Lamar, everybody knows how good he is. MVP, don't need to say much more there. Um, the thing I'm worried about with this game, with Kansas City and... I think the Ravens are coaching. The Ravens coaches last year, I feel like they panicked in the Kansas City game and the Tennessee game. Um, Lamar threw, what, 60 times against Tennessee. We got away from Ridiculous. the run. I don't remember seeing Mark Ingram in that game at all. Anyway, let me back up. That was just another example of poor coaching, in my opinion. But Kansas City last year, I remember watching that game, and you know Harbaugh's wanting to go for all these random fourth downs that – he normally wouldn't go for it. Um, some two-point conversions that the Ravens didn't even need at that point in the game. And I felt like Harbaugh and the rest of the staff were panicked and felt like you know they had to you know play aggressive the whole time to keep up with the Chiefs. And I don't think you need to do that. Like I said, I think time of possession is huge. Uh, getting after Mahomes um, and... You know, the Ravens can definitely do that, so we'll just have to see how that goes on Monday night. Yes, it comes in different. Now, question for you, Nick. Go ahead. Uh, you know, with Tavon Young going down, I heard you mention that earlier um, in the show, but do you believe that this makes an impact on the Ravens' chances of winning on Monday, having Tavon Young out? Um, when Tavon Young went out, I saw more Anthony Levine, and he really struggled. Um, I shouldn't say he really struggled, but he had a hard time covering, I think, Darren Fells on the Texans, and now this week the Ravens got the best tight end in football, in my opinion, Travis Kelsey, to cover, so I'm pretty worried about Travis Kelsey. I think Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey can handle Tyreek Hill, and McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, I feel like they can handle those guys, but I'm really worried about Travis Kelsey and Mahomes pulling plays out of you-know-where, so... Oh, absolutely. You know, Kelsey is just a tough defend, uh, tough to defend on any team. And, you know, we do have a young linebacker core um, with um, brain farting here. LJ but, um, Fort. With LJ Fort and Patrick Queen, you know, as the middle linebacker, they're going to be covering uh, Travis Kelsey often. In addition, uh, Anthony Averett. He took the place of Tavon Young pretty often in the last game. That's and true. if you watch the Houston game, they were 
attacking Everett. They were going right at him, and they were getting completions. Do you think that Everett is going to bounce back on Monday? you think that they pick on him, Mahomes, and the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, they're going to watch film. And like when the Ravens had Brandon Carr, you know, they I saw plenty of teams. They would pick on him. They didn't want to go to Humphrey's side. And, you know, Andy Reid's a smart coach. Kansas City, one of the best organizations of football. They're going to do their homework. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those guys got picked on. Hopefully they step their game up. Hopefully the Ravens are doing the same thing. Maybe they mix up coverages. And hopefully we don't see anybody getting burnt in that secondary. Final prediction of the score on Monday night, Chiefs and Ravens. Who you got? I'm going to go 34-31 Ravens. I definitely believe it's going to be high scoring as well. I have the game actually being 38-35 to 35 okay. Chiefs, and here's why. Here's why I say that. I, I want the Ravens to win, but I look at this schedule, all right, and there are not many teams on here that can beat them besides the Chiefs and possibly the Steelers. They may be split with them. I don't see the Ravens losing to any other teams on their schedule. I, I It's incredibly hard to go undefeated, and I don't like in football going undefeated because then you go into the playoffs, you don't know what it's like to lose. You don't have that feeling. So with that being said, you know, I, I, I am a little nervous. Mahomes knows how to play us pretty well, and with Tavon Young going down, I think they might edge us. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, me too, obviously. Um, I don't know. You can't you can't ever look too far in the schedule. I think taking it one game at a time. I mean, I know that's how NFL teams look at it. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I'm glad the Ravens are playing the NFC East this year. Like you said, a lot of easy teams there. And um, any other thoughts on the Ravens before we move to another topic? Um, well, yeah, speaking of the Ravens Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, recently engaged now. He is uh, marrying his high school sweetheart, uh, you know. Shout having, out Mahomes. Yeah, shout out Mahomes. Congratulations. I heard he was more nervous actually proposing than he was in the Super Bowl. So congratulations okay. on getting the yes, yeah. And, you know, having her in the corner, you know. LJ, I you know, we're waiting. I, I want to go to your bachelor party, man. You got to find a woman. <laughs> I would love to go party with you, LJ. So, you know, I, I got some I got some cousins for you, so just hit me up. <laughs> you got some cousins? I got some cousins <laughs> for you. You let me know what you like. You. All right, let's go to another topic. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the AFC North. So I think the most interesting thing going on with the rest of the AFC North. It's got to be Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Um, I thought his Thursday night performance was exceptional. I thought the Bengals coaching was bad. Uh, I don't understand how you have Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, yet you want Joe Burrow to throw 60 times, second game of his career, um, on the road, in a game that they weren't even out of, so that made no sense to me, but Joe Burrow responded as well as, you know, a professional would. I think he played insanely well, and next season, if if not this year, the Ravens are going to need to worry about Joe Burrow. 
Absolutely. You know, you look at the Bengals team, and if you can't run the game, if you can't run the ball on any team, you're going to struggle, right? You have a rookie quarterback. You got no preseason games. You're throwing him into the fire. Here you go. Sling the ball. Because Mixon rushed the ball against the Chargers 19 times for 69 yards. Thursday night, he 69. faces the Browns. <laughs> he runs just yeah, 69 is my favorite number, by the way. I know. That's why I said it. He runs the ball 16 times against the Browns. For 46 yards, okay? That is less than three yards per carry. Joe Mixon, a lot of people drafted second in their fantasy teams. That's not going to do it at all to help you win the game. And you know what the problem is on that team? It's the trenches. Their offensive line is terrible. The reason Andy Dalton had such a bad year last year is because he was getting crushed. Now he's on Dallas, but Andy Dalton took the heat. And now with Burrow in there, He's getting crushed, but the only difference is Burrow is able to still put up 30 points while getting beat up, while throwing on the run, while not having a running game. So just imagine, you know, you draft a couple linemen at the end of this year and they get some experience. This is a dangerous Cincinnati team in the future. I think this year they're just warming up, let Burrow get some reps, let him get some familiarity with the NFL. You know, he he's definitely going to win some games for sure. He's he's a stud. But, you know, I don't see them being a playoff contender maybe for another one or two years until they get that offensive line fixed up. Agreed. And uh, like I said earlier, coaching, I, I don't know what they were thinking – sending their rookie quarterback to throw 60 times. Um, that's just absurd. You know, like, you think about Mahomes and Russell Wilson, who some of the best passers in the league, they don't throw 60 times. Nobody throws 60 times. Like, that's that's a sign of poor coaching because they were never out of that game until the end. All right, let's talk about Pittsburgh. Any uh, quick thoughts on Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh scares me this year. It's Pittsburgh has a very powerful defense, a very young, very fast defense. T.J. Watt rushing the passer. He is always in there. You cannot block him for long, right? You have Bush, their uh, rookie first-rounder from last year, in there at middle linebacker, a speedster, you know, he's able to cover. And they, they match up well on defense with the Ravens, you know, having all that speed. Joe Hayden picking up Minka Fitzpatrick. They can stop the throw. Pittsburgh is dangerous on defense, but not only that, Roethlisberger's back, and he's slinging it, all right? They got James Conner going. Their running game's going. And now you have Juju, who's able to – he's really worked on his route running really well. He's able to get open. And now they have uh, Claypool, who made a nice catch. The, the Steelers are excellent at drafting receivers. Pittsburgh this year – they scare me, and I actually believe they do split with Baltimore this year. Divisional games are different. I don't know what it is. You know, even the Patriots always feared the Dolphins just because of those divisional matchups. So I do think that Pittsburgh gives Baltimore some problems, and I believe Pittsburgh makes the playoffs even if they don't win the division. Let me tell you why they scare me and why they don't. Um, I think Big Ben looks like an old man. Like, if he gets hit the wrong way just once, just once. Um, he could be done for the year. Um, he's not mobile anymore. I mean, he's got a little bit of gas in the tank, but he's not going to avoid sacks and dodge defenders the way he used to. I think, I think you know, with anytime you got Mike Tomlin and Big Ben uh, leading that team, I think they always have a shot to win. Pittsburgh, 
I put Pittsburgh and New England and Kansas City and Baltimore with some of the best organizations, no matter who the players are, who's coaching. They just know how to win games. Like last year, perfect example, Pittsburgh. They lose Ben. Mason Rudolph sucks. He gets hurt. They got Duck Hodges. And they still managed to go 9-7, and 8-8, eight and eight, I forget. But either way, 500 or better, that's that's insane. And that's that's mostly coaching. Uh, they got a great defense still. But, you know, I think Big Ben is a huge part of that team. Obviously, he's a quarterback. And if he goes down again, I don't think they compete with Kansas City or Baltimore or, you know, any other of these heavy hitters. Absolutely not. And their offensive line knows that this year, and that's what's scary. You know, Ben Ben also knows that he's going to throw the ball away unless it's a big game. But, um, you know, you their weakness, you know what I think their weakness is? Bad teams. I don't know what it is, but they've True. always struggled yep. against bad teams. Last week against Denver, I was really thinking Denver had a chance to pull it off with lockout, right? With right, Drew he lockout. got hurt in like the first or second quarter. It was a lot of football to be played, and he was out. Absolutely, and then Jeff Driscoll comes in, and surprisingly enough, he, he he's making some drives, all right? You know, they put that in the end zone. That's a different game. And Denver doesn't even have Von Miller right now. They're hurting with some injuries, and they they still played them close. Now, I I haven't seen Denver enough to know what they have, but I'm pretty sure Denver won't be a playoff contender this year. And Pittsburgh's been notorious for playing pretty rough against bad teams. If you don't remember uh, before Flacco era, the Ravens won five games, right? But they beat the Steelers twice that year when the Steelers won the division. One on a game-winning field goal. I was at that game. I was in middle school when this happened, and I had no, way I- back. no idea. <laughs> yeah, this was Bowler, uh, Troy Smith years, right? Damn. I know. Yeah. Long time ago, before Flacco, before we had something to cheer about on offense. So the fact that that happened, you know, these divisional games, you just never know. Pittsburgh plays well against good teams as well. Baltimore is a good team. They're going to play them well. They played them well last year. Marlon Humphrey caused that fumble against Juju that turned the game around. If not, they were driving. They could have won that game. So, you know, I think Pittsburgh is, is definitely a threat. They're actually in the top five in the power rankings, I believe, right now. ESPN power mm, rankings, which high. it is high. But I'm starting to realize it after watching the games that they, they have the potential to be a top five team in the league. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think it's funny, the whole bad teams thing. I remember them, maybe it was two years ago, losing to the Raiders. The Raiders sucked. Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's go to the Browns. Pittsburgh, definitely a contender. I wouldn't say Cincinnati is. How about Cleveland? You think Cleveland's got any shot at being a contender this year? I feel like I am the only believer in Cleveland. And Cleveland, you need to stop proving me wrong. Okay, listen. You have the best offense on paper. You have Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, he likes a little bit of duty on his chest. (laughs) So we've heard that's okay, all right? It's 2020. False. Oh, definitely false. Don't lie on my show, bro. I like to mess with him a little (laughs) bit. And, you know, he's, he's taking it well. They have Jarvis Landry on the other side. Jarvis Landry actually had more fantasy. He points in Odell last year. Jarvis can catch the ball. He gets receptions. You got Austin Hooper at tight end. They drafted linemen this year. Baker Mayfield gets all this credit. He's supposed to be a good quarterback. What's the problem there? What's the problem? So they're one and one this year. 
it's too early to say. I still believe that Cleveland is a very dangerous team because of their offensive weapons. Their defense is at least average. All right, they're not that bad. They're average or above average. This team can beat some really good teams in the league. They need to get it together. The problem is you have to learn a new playbook every year on Cleveland. That's very difficult as a quarterback. That's difficult as an offensive player. You can't keep bringing in new head coaches every year and expect to win games. You got to give someone a chance for a couple of years, let them get used to the playbook, let them build some chemistry up. Chemistry is crucial. It's a part of the reason why the Ravens are so successful. They're having fun out there. The Browns don't look like they're having fun. They look like they're there working. When you go to work just to work, mm, life's not as fun. But when you're there having fun, all right, is it really a job at that point? No. No. It's, it's, it's not. It's You're going there. It's something you love to do. If the Browns can turn that around, I see the Browns possibly also being a wild card team in this AFC week, week AFC this year. I would not put them in a wild card. I mean, I mean, they're like a new team this year. They got a new head coach. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. They're not a new team, but anytime you have a new head coach, like you were saying, you know, Baker Mayfield has not had much continuity in Cleveland thus far. He's had, you know, Hugh Jackson as his first coach. And last year, Freddie Kitchens, who was, in my opinion, the worst head coach in the history of football. And then this year with Kevin Stefanski, who I think he knows what he's doing, made some questionable calls in the game against Baltimore and... You know, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland. I'm a Odell Beckham fan, and, you know, I want to see him do well. I want to see him have games like he did on Thursday night, but I, I, I just don't see them beating any good teams. Like, Cincinnati sucks. Like, that's why they beat Cincinnati. Joe Burrow almost ended up getting his first win in Cleveland. Like, that, you, you can be happy that Baker played decent, only threw one pick, and... Odell had a touchdown in like 70 yards, but man, they almost lost to Cincinnati, who's to me still garbage outside of Joe Burrow and AJ Green, I guess. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> Divisional games, though, they're different. Yeah, no they are. What. That's and true. I'm looking at their schedule now. Here's who they have coming up Washington, beatable. Dallas, they have not established themselves this year, beatable. Colts. What are the Colts like with Phillip Rivers? We've only seen them play two games. They did well with the Vikings, but they lost to Jacksonville week one. Beatable. Steelers, divisional matchup. Always giving each other a problem. Beatable. Bengals again. Beatable. Very funny. Very funny, that guy. Anyway, Raiders, <laughs> 2-0. Probably one of the weaker 2-0 teams. Or they're 2-0 they're against, uh, I would say, Chicago is the other weak 2-0 team. Beatable. Houston, no DeAndre Hopkins. They can't establish the run quite yet with David Johnson. Beatable. Philadelphia, I don't believe they've won a game. Carson Wentz. Yeah, they're on too. Struggling. Beatable. Jacksonville, I love Minshew. Beatable. All right, I got your point. I got your point. Tennessee. You don't have to keep going. Maybe not. Ravens, tough. Giants, beatable. Jets, beatable. So the, yeah. st- the Browns, even though they might not be the best team, their schedule is very winnable, and I can definitely see them doing okay and possibly making the play. I could see three teams in this AFC North making the playoffs. They're, they're so dysfunctional. Like, 
how ugly was that game week one? But, all right, before I go further into this, something every football fan has to consider is, you know, no preseason. That's kind of huge. Um, you know, you can see, especially week one, how rusty some of these teams were. Some of that rust came off in week two. We saw that, but that's a big thing to consider. But, you know, I I think Cleveland is just too dysfunctional. I think their losing culture years ago still kind of haunts them. When did they ever have culture? When did they ever have yeah, culture? Yeah, a, a losing, yeah, losing culture. Um, and, like, that's something they think about. You know, you see these stats randomly, like uh, the the Browns have lost every home opener since whatever year, and it's like the, I don't know, the 10th year that's happened. Um, just like stupid stats like that, and they see that, they know that, and, you know, even though it's in the past, like they're thinking about it. That can mess with the team's head and o- opening, locker room. Opening day record 1-19 in, in the last Yeah, 20. that's disgusting. Wow. That is, that deserves a laugh. Yikes. That's for you, Cleveland. Man, you... Poor Cleveland fans, I feel for you. No wonder there's so much alcoholism in Cleveland. Just kidding, I don't know that fact. But uh, So there was actually the a guy at my work that would wear a Browns jersey all the time, pretty much every Friday. And I finally said something to him. I was like, damn, how are you a Browns fan? And uh, it turned out that it was literally just a joke. Like He would just wear it every Friday because it was just so sad. And he'd never seen anybody wear a Browns jersey, so he just decided yeah. to uh, jump on the... I wouldn't even call it a bandwagon, but kind of just making fun of him. Yeah, he's like trolling. I do have to say, though, I, I, I like what Kareem Hunt's doing there in Cleveland now that he's getting uh, off his suspension and playing full the full season. Yeah. He's looking good. Did well in fantasy for me last week. Absolutely. If you drafted Kareem, you are loving it because he was a late pick. What was that, two touchdowns, like 100 yards, him and Chubb? Put up 24 points. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, that's enough talking about second third and fourth place in the AFC North. Let's go to let's talk about some of these uh injuries week 2 cuz that's that was the main story out of week 2. Um luckily I mean Tavon Young that that hurts bad but I really feel for like the 49ers right now losing Jimmy G, uh Nick Bosa, Sherman and Kittle were already out for the game. They should be back though. Jimmy Garoppolo who should be coming back, but and then you, on top of that, Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey's going to miss games. Cortland Sutton's out for the year. I mean, they're Anthony Barr too. This is just week just two, going. week one. Michael Thomas, week two. Is twenty twenty the year that just everything just blows up? Well, you know, I think a part of the issue with that is there was no preseason. They started training camp late because of all the issues with COVID. You know, they yep. they were virtual for a long time, working out. They weren't making contact with each other, and your bot their bodies weren't prepared. Now, some of the ACLs that's just going to happen. That that stuff is unfortunate. I heard that what was it? They were blaming the uh, the turf. Yeah, at, uh, Shanahan and uh, one of the players on the Forty ers tweeted. Um, they were both talking about how this field sucks and um, how other players who didn't speak out were also saying, you know, there's something wrong with this field. Yeah, that's that's a shame. I, I don't know how to fix it because even if it's grass and there's holes, you know, you're still prone to those ACL-type injuries. 
Um, if you're an inventor, look for some sort of grounding that we can use in the future so we can keep this lovely sport going without as many injuries. Keep our players in there. Well, hopefully, you know, I mean, anytime you lose a bunch of players in a game, you're going to be upset. A lot of emotions came out there. So hopefully, you know, um, it's not, the field's not as bad as they say. I mean, New York and Pittsburgh played on it Monday night. You didn't hear anything about that. And I'm not saying that they're wrong about criticizing the field or whatever, but, I mean, you got to keep that in mind that they just lost a bunch of players, and that's that's tough. Not just any players, like, their best players. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much all we want to talk about with injuries and just what Kyle Shanahan had to say. And I, I got to admit, though, <coughs> at the same time, Carolina was asking for an injury to McCaffrey the way they used that man. I was surprised as heck that that, kind that, of. that boy could keep getting 20-plus touches a game with those giant defensive linemen and linebackers hitting him. He He's good at not taking big hits, but even though that's a lot of touches, these are bigger, stronger players than they were in the past. They, it, it it adds up. The, the chronic injury adds up, and he finally got an ankle sprain. And I don't even know if that was from contact, but it's got to be from his usage just a little bit. Yeah, you're probably right. Um and I remember Ron Rivera, his rookie year, saying, like, we love Christian McCaffrey, but we got to use him the right way. Um, at the time, I think they had Jonathan Stewart and some other backs, so they weren't using him a bunch. And now it's, like, the same situation as Saquon. If um, if Saquon can't, you know, get 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, Carolina and – well, Carolina the same with McCaffrey. They're pretty much out of the game, so it makes sense why they use him so much, but – at the same time, like Teddy Bridgewater and Daniel Jones gotta gotta be a bigger part of their offense and kind of lead them a little bit better. Absolutely, and it's kind of like a little bit of a uh, like a light bulb for some teams that only use one back. Cowboys. I'm a little worried about Zeke now. He's been used all the time. I'm worried about Derrick Henry a little bit. You know, these teams that only utilize one back. It might be time, you know, you might want to find someone that can maybe catch the ball or do something that can add a little bit of freshness to your main guy. All right, that's why I love what the Ravens are doing. Gus Edwards probably had a few carries week one. He comes out week two running right through the gut, taking on defenders, running right through them, right? That is, I think, what a lot of teams might start doing in the future. Yeah, you already see it with uh, Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. The Saints, I loved when they had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara getting it done. And the Ravens right now, sort of the same thing with Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram. So, yeah, I mean, I, I f- if you're a back and you're getting 25 to 30 carries a game, week in and week out, man, that, it, it, that wears on a It's not if you get back. hurt, it's when you get hurt. Pretty much. Point. Pretty it's much. Win. All right, so any last thoughts on Chiefs-Ravens? I feel like we we could have, like, a little bit more to add to this. Um, go Ravens. Go Ravens. But I feel like there's something else I could say. Oh, um, got to run the ball. Got to stick to the game plan. I know I already talked about coaching, but, man, last week we didn't even – Dobbins had, what, like two or three carries. Mark Ingram had, I think, six. Gus Edwards led the way. We got to get the three-headed beast just going. 
just run all over the Chiefs. Yeah, and, you know, I think they still did that. If you asked Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram was super happy on the sideline not running the ball. He said, I'm fresh, coach. Keep doing this three-headed monster. He loving it. He doesn't need to carry the ball. He wants to win. They're winning. They're winning by 10-plus. I don't think they need to change anything quite yet. I'm just saying run more. I felt like the Ravens passed a little too much against the Texans. And, like, there were a handful of first downs where I wish they would have run the ball, whether that's Lamar going to the outside or any of the three running backs. Um, So hopefully they can stick to the run a little bit more, you know. But, I mean, you get down, sometimes you got to throw the ball, which is definitely possible against Mahomes. But I got a lot of confidence in that defense and – Hey, I mean, if you order a medium well steak and you see some pink, but it still tastes good, you still going to eat it, right? <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, so you guys are talking a lot about offense, and you briefly mentioned defense. And with Young going down, it's very untimely with Mahomes, arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, um, Super Bowl MVP and whatnot. So hopefully our guys can step up and get in the rhythm right away. I know the Ravens have always historically had a very solid defense and the whole next man up mentality has always been there. So I do feel like these young guys are prepared and ready, but are they ready for the best quarterback in the league? That's the question. Is anybody ever ready for the best quarterback (laughs) in the league? I mean, that's why they won the Super Bowl, you know, I, you can have the best defense out there when you're facing somebody like Patrick Mahomes and that studded offense, and you add in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I you mean, never know during prime time. You never know. You never know. But what I do know is Patrick Mahomes is a shiner in prime time. All right, he he's gonna go out there. He's gonna sling. He he looks good when everybody's watching. Um, it's definitely I, gonna be a shootout. For it's sure. gotta be. It's it's gotta be because you know it, it's impossible to stop someone like that who can do it all. He can run if you drop back. He can throw it over top if you uh, rush. So we we just got to play our game. Time of possession is key. Running the ball, as you said, we got to keep possession. Turnovers are what's going to change the game. Mm -hmm. Which team is going to lead the turnover differential? I believe whoever does wins this game. Speaking of turnovers, how about Marcus Peters' insane interception on Deshaun Watson? I think when that happened, I was at my brother's. I stood up, and I'm, I think I peed a little bit when he caught that. <laughs> he I peed was a so little bit. Excited. I was so excited when he caught PMI. that ball because we got him at like Gross. mid-year last year, and I don't even care. You know what? It was so <laughs> worth it because that catch was amazing. I, I love watching players who are making outstanding plays like that. That's what wins ball games. You can see their mentality. Marcus Peters is a stud. That's why you don't see his name very often. They don't throw his way. They're not throwing his way. And if you remember, he wasn't even covering the guy that um, Watson was throwing to. He came off of his coverage and just snagged that ball. That was yep. insane. That's what we're going to need. Look like a need. wide receiver out there. Yep. you you got to have vision when you're playing these uh, dynamic quarterbacks. And in a way, I'm kind of glad we just played uh, the Texans because Deshaun Watson is definitely – a uh, high-caliber quarterback, and plays in the same style as Patrick Mahomes. So, it's a good point. So hopefully that our guys, after last week, can kind of, you know, get into that whole style, mobile, contain, um, really putting pressure on the backfield. So I do think that they're going to be uh, leaned on heavily this week. And, I mean, we can just hope for the best. I mean, like you said earlier, you know, 
I don't think the Ravens are going to lose very many games this year. And if this is one of them, then it, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, you know, it would be nice to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl and do something that nobody's ever done. Um, shout out Patriots who lost to the Giants. Um, didn't quite bring that one home. So, the night. Um, mm-hmm. Would that be great? Absolutely. Um, I don't think that we need that in order to, you know, go down in history as one of the best Ravens teams because I think we're right there with the 2001 team. And, you know, if we can get to the AFC Championship and beat Kansas City and go to the Super Bowl and just be the number one dogs in the AFC, I'd be happy with that. But anything short of a Super Bowl in the next couple years is definitely going to be a failure because you you only have so many good years of football. And let's hope that these guys, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, Jackson, and everybody, they can stay healthy. But, you know at such a high level and with these cuts and the speed they're running at, you know, you, you, you got to get it when you can and like surround yourself with a good team, a solid team like we have right now. And we got to, you know, it's kind of like the Orioles when we uh, had that great team and then we lost everybody and then look at us now, you know? So definitely we got a solid team around us. And, you know, if we lose this week, it's not the end of the world. We definitely got to take, you know, at least one one with the Steelers and then pretty much finish out because we only have one first round bye this year. It's no no more two, so you know only one team will get that bye week, and it would be really nice to have that. It's a good point. This game could mean a lot for which team gets that bye. And uh, something else I want to talk about. So I feel like the Texans did their best to take Mark Andrews out of the game because. Between him and Hollywood Brown, I would say Mark Andrews is a better target for Lamar. I think he, especially last year, favored the tight ends. And I can see Kansas City trying to do the same sort of thing. So um, it might mean more targets for guys like Boykin and Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed. So, you know, the whole offense is going to have to step up. Hopefully Mark Andrews doesn't have one catch against the Chiefs, and that's pretty much it on my thoughts on that game. You guys got any last thoughts on Chiefs-Ravens? Nope. Nah, I think, uh, think we covered it all. All right, let's let's uh, let's shout out a former Raven, Hayden Hurst. I don't know if you guys saw his exchange with Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott came out a few weeks ago and spoke about depression and how he was depressed during the whole beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, and some people criticized him, not going to name names, whatever, (laughs) Skip Bayless. And anyway, uh, Hayden Hurst also struggled with depression, and it was really cool to see a video. They played Hayden Hurst on the Falcons now, Dak Prescott, obviously the quarterback of the Cowboys. Uh, Hayden Hurst came up to Dak and just said, hey, man, I appreciate you coming out and speaking about depression because, you know, uh, I mean, especially in the NFL, nobody really talks about depression where, you know, you're in a league where you're supposed to be tough all the time and, you know, knock the hell out of each other. So it was a really cool moment to see Dak Prescott and Hayden Hurst, people who continue to speak about depression and mental illness, just um, having a moment saying, hey, thanks. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for what you do and shake hands. So just want to shout out Hayden Hurst and Dak Prescott.
Love that. Love that. It's it's not being soft. It's being healthy. No, absolutely it's, it's, not. It's, it's, it's stronger. Positive health yeah. and wellness. And I think Skip that's Skip Bayless, you suck. You know, I, I love it, too. I love Hayden Hurst. As I miss that guy. I'm not going to lie. He's starting on my yeah. fantasy team because I believe in him. He's getting an opportunity now. I hope he does really well. Yeah, don't ever be afraid to talk about mental illness. Let's just be clear about that. Shout out Hayden Hurst. All right. Um, yes, round of applause. Didn't know much about Gail Sayers, but he passed away today. Just want to send my condolences their way. It's unfortunate. R.I.P. to a great. What did you say? R.I.P. to a great. Yeah. Seems like he led the way for a lot of the running backs we see nowadays. Absolutely. Big role model for a lot of running backs. Rest in peace. All right. Any uh, last thoughts, boys, before we wrap up the show today? No, sir. I believe this. I I really, you know, I. I really hope that you tune in. This is a great podcast for the Ravens. This is this is just the beginning. It's going to get very entertaining. Very Trust me, it is going to be extremely, extremely worth the time. We're keeping this one shorter. This one is going to be more of our, it's like the pilot episode. And what pilot episode is ever the best episode? Mm. Good luck finding which 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 TV show is your favorite. Nah, SpongeBob. The SpongeBob pilot was was awesome. Is that the training video where he makes the Krabby Patty? Where he's got like all the sardines come in the restaurant. That was the pilot. Or whatever pilot? kind of fish. What? That's the best. Yeah. Like okay. the, the sea of sardines. <laughs> I wow. have to admit that one was fantastic. Where he had to find that spatula that was non-existent and he found it and was. Oh uh, yeah. Killing. Shout it. out SpongeBob. Love that show. We should try to get SpongeBob to play our halftime show. Bubble Bowl. Bubble Bowl turn up. <laughs> That's straight fire, to be honest with you. I could put that on my playlist and listen to it. But, yeah, um, kind of what you said, getting the rust off. Good to be back. Good to be doing this podcast again. Now I got a team. These guys oh, yeah, are great. It takes a team. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you uh, – you guys know a hell of a lot more about football than I do, so I'm just trying to keep up. So I'm going to try to do some research. Uh, I mainly control the board, and next week, you know, hopefully we'll have a, a a computer in front of me so that way I can, you know, look up some stats and stuff, you know, try to keep up. Uh, I think you did a great job chiming in. You did a great job with the soundboard. Our tech guy, Brandon Dora, did an amazing job. Yeah, give yourself an applause. Clap for uh, me. Your compliment, I love, but my mom gave me all this information, so whatever. <laughs> whatever. If I'm you. wrong about something, blame Rini. All right, it, she gave me this information. Just kidding. I love you. All right. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen or watch. Also, follow us on any of the social medias. We're on all the best ones, at C-O-N-T-R, chaos. We will be including funny stories next time. Yeah, lots of funny stuff. All right, that's it. Peace out. Thanks for watching.